Mike, where are you? <laughs> right here, Lauren. What do you, you got on your mind? <laughs> well, I just thought I'd let you know. Support for this podcast is provided by Smart Recruiters, the modern talent acquisition suite for hiring success. Future-proof your talent acquisition with their next-generation platform with everything you need to attract, select and hire the best talent. 4,000 plus leading brands like McDonald's, Nine Entertainment, LinkedIn and Visa trust smart recruiters to deliver hiring success with them on a local and global scale. So visit smartrecruiters.com to take the first step on your path to hiring success. And please don't forget to tell them that Tarpod sent you. Welcome to Tarpod. The podcast for everything talent acquisition and recruitment. We're informative, controversial, and a little bit crazy. Now, please join your hosts and industry leaders, Lauren Sharp and Craig Watson. Hi, everyone. I'm Lauren. And I'm Craig. Welcome to Tarpod, the podcast for everything talent acquisition and recruitment in Australia. We've got a massively, massive guest with us here today, haven't we, Lauren? Oh, it's fantastic. Can't wait. Hung Lee has joined us from the infamous Recruiting Brain Food. So I've put a little bit fangirl here. <laughs> Goodness me, what an overwhelming intro. <laughs> can I just... Can Thank I just, you very much. Eh? Can I just interrupt before Lauren does the rest of the intro? Now, I've spoken, and this is something that I was going to ask before we went to F, but I've spoken to four people in the last couple of days, mm-hmm. and they've either said Hung or Hung. Can you please tell me, is it Hung or Hung? You know what, I actually don't know anymore. <laughs> um, because the, the reality of it is, I mean, how, because obviously it's Cantonese name, Asian name, and it's a tonal language, right? So basically, the, 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 when it translates into English, it's never been pronounced right. So what, um, how does it translate to English properly? We'll give it a whirl. My mum would, yeah. would give it a bit more of a sing-song. So it'd be, it'd be hung. Hung. But that doesn't, <laughs> that doesn't sound right. No. Uh, so in English, it's just hung. Um, so you oh. say what you want. I mean, basically, it's a, it's a monosyllabic name, right? So I mean, how hard can it be? I know, right? Um, <laughs> and it's Apparently, it's very it difficult uh, for most people. In a tonal way, but I don't expect that. I mean, it's like, okay, um, uh, it's certainly something I don't get offended by. Um, oh, so long as you don't call me Hang. Okay. Um, or something the like past that. tense of Hong. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> then, uh, he was. then I'm all right with it. Sorry, sorry, Lauren. Keep no, going. that's all right. That's okay. And also adding not just recruiting brain food here, the CEO of Workshape. Our first question for everybody is, how did you get into the recruitment game? So I actually chose it. I'm, I think, you what? Know, no. yeah, absolutely. I'm one of those God, very few people. we've got two people, people now <clears throat> we put on that list. Out of 378. No. <laughs> out, of, out of millions. Yeah. You know, how many accidental recruiters are there on the planet? Oh, Everyone's yeah. like, oh, yeah. I stumbled into it. Now, Hung Lee chose it. Um, and, and I chose it simply because I wanted to get involved in the internet back in, in the Web1 days. Mm-hmm. Um, and I realized very quickly I was not able to program. Um, <laughs> I tried to do some programming. Uh, <laughs> I, I think there's a still a little bit of my programming on the internet somewhere. And it, uh, it, it just took me so long. <laughs> it took me so long. I was so like tired mentally doing it. I thought, right, you know what? If I tried really, really hard, I'd be really average at this. <laughs> <laughs> and I would never enjoy it. So, but how else can I get into this world that I was emerging at the time? This is late 90s, early 20s, early noughties. Um, and I thought, right, uh, recruitment seems to me maybe an interesting way to do it. Uh, what if I got a job as a, uh, a tech recruiter? And maybe yeah. I can recruit myself into one of these <laughs> cool companies and do a, a product manager job or something. Uh, but as you do, you end up 
been reasonably successful in recruitment and uh, basically that's that's how I, that's how I started and where I still am wow and, and the journey through there into recruiting brain food and, and other you know, actually it's a happy anniversary for recruiting brain food it's two years this this month it's actually three years is it three um, and actually I missed my anniversary how bad am I with this um, <gasps> didn't get yourself flowers didn't get myself flowers I was gonna do a big announcement I was gonna like, <laughs> say hey we've hit three years because it's obviously happening every week, uh, mm. and it only occurred to me at, at issue 157 <laughs> that, <laughs> oh Christ, I think I've missed my anniversary, <laughs> 156, when I was in yeah. Perth, I think. Um, so yeah, it's been going for three years. And um, how many subscribers or readers do you, do you have weekly? Uh, 17,400 and something or other. Wow, it's amazing. That's isn't a it? bloody lot of people. It's not bad, but you know what? I think there's about a million people in the planet, on the planet that call themselves recruiters. Um, so There's a bit of market share to grab yet. In, yeah, in the grand scheme of things, it's like very few people actually but, do it. But you are well known, right? I've, I, a little birdie told me that yesterday you were at the Vic Market. Right, okay. And a couple of backpackers walking mm. through the Vic Market recognised you and came over all fanboy style for selfies and this is Hong Lee, it's Hong Lee in the Vic Market. Is that, can, can you confirm that? I can confirm they weren't that excited, um, <laughs> but they, they did come over, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's one of the weird accidents of doing something like this. Yeah. And it's a total fluke, right? But it's, 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 um, it's something I've learned that it's quite important to put your face over thing, uh, on mm. everything. Mm. And back when Recruiting Bravery started, I didn't have a logo, didn't have a brand, didn't have any, anything like that. So, but the software I was using required for there to be an image attached to this email. I thought, right, I'll just stick my photo in there. Yeah, perfect. Um, and since then, obviously, every single email I've been sending has my, has my face in it. Mm. Um, and that has an impact because people recognize uh, that face. And as long as I don't age too quickly, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, people, people like, might like still a, recognize a me now and again. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, actually, that's, a, that's actually a problem because at some point, this face will definitely go. Um, and what do I do then? So, uh, that's why the logo I've created is a bit of a cartoon. It's like logo. when they change the queen's likeness on a coin, it, it sort of jumps 35 years each time. Yeah, she had, it gets a bit plumper. Yeah, that's it. Uh, how do you keep that personality there? <laughs> so, the, the logo of Recruiting Brave Food now is basically me in a cartoon. And I'm thinking that may be something I could preserve uh, going forward. But right now, it's still my face. Um, so I think if so long as I, I don't look too far away from that, then you know I'll, I'll keep it until uh, until I can't anymore. Oh, that's excellent. Sunday night we get our recruiting brain food here, and you know click on that Sunday night on the couch watching the telly, and yeah start our reading. So how there's so much information in that every week. Mm. How long does it take to curate it and get it all together? and do that on a weekly basis you know what it, it kind of takes as long as as long as the, the time you give it long i think i could probably do it in a couple of hours if i ha absolutely had to but because i like to give a bit of flex to it it can take a lot longer um so yeah. it's it could definitely be a full-time job and do you go in um, with an idea so is it sort of in your mind thematic from week to week or, or it has to flow or is it a real Much potch of whatever you can get from that that makes sense during that week. Yeah, great question, Craig. I mean, I think it's not thematic in the sense that the, the general theme of the newsletter is that it needs to be recruiting brain food for the week ahead. So it's there to give people in the recruiting industry some mental stimulation, yeah. some kind of oh wow, I didn't think about that, and that could come from all kinds of sources. So it's never a case where I'm thinking oh I'll do a diversity week or something yep. like that. Because mm. I think the content when it flows in 
it needs to be quite current. Uh, so mm -hmm. I'm not trying to recycle stuff that's been around for other people have seen. It's kind of, uh, I see recruiting Brilliant Food also as an opportunity for people to discover things that they wouldn't otherwise find. It's also part of the reason why you don't tend to get mainstream sources in there because my theory is, look, I mean, if you know what you're doing in recruitment, you probably already read that stuff. Yeah. What I want to do is, is, is uncover things that I think are great that probably don't get enough reads or listens or watches. But yeah, with this uh, newsletter, I'm saying, hey, you should check this out. So and I imagine a lot of stuff would come into you weekly. People would be saying, oh, here's an article either I've written, so it's right. you know, self-branding, or I've found something really interesting that you know, I thought maybe your, your readers might want access to. That's exactly how a lot of the discovery works. I mean, there's some brilliant people that r submit agnostically they don't yeah. submit their own stuff they just found it and they want it. hey people should read this and i think wow that's amazing so there's some people that are always there now we're actually doing a scoring system on this which we'll announce okay. soon um where we're going to reward people that submit content um uh, of this type because they, they, they should be rewarded. <laughs> they, you know what the, you'll get something like that points will mean prizes when uh, when these get things get dished out um look so look out on that but yeah, and you do get a lot of self-promo, unfortunately. A lot, a lot of people want to say, hey, stick this in. And I've just got to take a sober view of it. I mean, sometimes if it's really good, then yeah, sure. But most of the time, it's unfortunately, it's not. Uh, <laughs> uh, and it's just people trying to get some free promo. Yeah, can't quite those do it. people are everywhere. So uh, your co-pilot, Adam Gordon, yep. described you as the Calvin Harris of recruitment content. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> How uncool is that? You know, yeah. uh, well, I, I, I write a recruitment newsletter and suddenly I'm Calvin Harris. Apparently you are. <laughs> in the recruitment decks. Exactly. It's like stretching that one a little bit too far. But you know what? I, it, that's it, that, that's a joke, I think. But at the same time, I think it's it's not inaccurate in the sense that uh, curation is what I'm doing. I'm not creating anything. You notice that very rarely am I writing my own material. Yeah. Uh, and it's about selecting the great stuff that's already out there. Like we don't need more great content. It's already there. It's just you can't find it because it's overwhelmed by all the crap content out yeah. there. And ha what I see recruiting brain food doing is just sorting out through the crap and saying, look, uh, once a week, I'm going to guarantee you there's at least five or six great things here that you probably haven't seen, but you probably should see. And, and that's what it is. So, yeah. Sorry, so in the UK, it would come out Sunday morning? Correct. And here Sunday evening. Yeah. And that's, was that purposeful? Because it's a really interesting time, isn't it, to release content? It is, it was. And it's purposeful because it's, for me, as a, as a reader of stuff, um, I found that Sunday morning was the only time I was able to have any peace mm. and quiet to do that. During the week, I think most people would recommend you send the newsletter on Wednesday or Monday mm. or whatever. But you know what, you're in the middle of work. Uh, you're in the middle of operations there. And you, yeah. you know, one thing that's true in uh, about email in particular, it's email newsletter. One of the things that email in particular is that your inbox is a very busy place. Yes. And it's an unpleasant place, usually. Um, you know, if you got your phone out and looked at your inbox right now, you would not be feel filled with joy. Right. Um, uh, <laughs> you'd be stressed. Yep. There'd be someone that you forgot to do something and they're asking you to do it and why haven't you done it? Or there'll be some guy who you don't know trying to sell you something you don't want. Um, you know, or be some guy you do know trying to get you some to do something you don't want to do. Yeah. You know, th that's basically it's what always email a Nigerian is. Nigerian prince oh, wanting no. to smuggle money out. <laughs> really? <laughs> um, they're worth interacting with. You know, uh, have a bit of fun with that. Yeah. Um, but the point is, with the email being so busy, one of the things, the inbox being busy. Uh, what I really wanted to do is try and change how the inbox was experienced by other people. Uh, and the way I did that was to just lock it to a time and to say, look, at this time every week, 
guaranteed there's going to be no sales, there's going to be no demands, there's just going to be some really interesting stuff that you can consume. That, that really makes sense, that process, because like you said, on a day-to-day -day basis, Monday to Friday, competing priorities change by the mm. minute and are directed a lot of the time by your inbox. And a newsletter or an update that you're subscribed to often goes unread or, or scanned mm. because you just you go, yeah, yeah, oh no, I've got to do this, I'll get back to that. But Sunday is that time where you know you can access a little bit of free space. I find space. Sunday nights, it's usually around the time when my day's coming to an end, I'm sitting on the couch, oh, that's just popped in my inbox. Yeah, it's perfect. Uh, on the iPad, sit on the couch, have a bit of a read, yeah, I'll read that, oh, not interested in that, 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 and just click on what I want to look at. Yeah, I mean, it's a different experience globally for different people, which mm. is something I didn't consider as the truth. I mean, oh, a lot, really? no, I mean, because I started it with no ambition. Um, there was there was no aim to create a global sort of newsletter or anything like that. I was just doing it because I thought, man, I'm getting tired. I can't find the good content. Do you know what I mean? I, I, I was at the point where basically how it started was simply me collecting the content where for personal use, for personal consumption, you know, bookmarking it and thinking, I want to read that, but I don't have the time to consume it right now because yeah. I'm in the middle of the week and I'm being mm. you know, told this way and that. And I'd read it on a Sunday. And then I just thought, look, I'm already doing the work here. Why don't I just share this bookmark list? And then hopefully, you know, if other people want to see it, then great. If other people don't, then also I'm fine. It didn't occur to me that obviously people would be signing up from different parts of the world in different time zones. But it does make it that people have a different experience, I think, um, mm. in, in, in different places. The US, of course, uh, get it at a different time. Mm. Um, uh, and uh, Europe get it at a different time as well, a little bit later in the day. People have said, "Home, why don't you just reset the software so everyone gets it at 7:30 there normal, so in the morning?" Mm. Which I considered very briefly, uh, but then I thought, "No, uh, what I want is for everyone to receive the same newsletter at the same time right. and not basically uh, be behind." You know, I yeah. hate I hate it when Netflix release something in the US and you've got to yeah, sit there yeah. for three months and what the hell's all that about? You feel like such a second class citizen. Don't so I'm, I'm thinking, nah, everyone gets this at the same time. It's going to be weird for some other people, but you know what? kind of weird for Brits as well, who's up at 7.30 in the morning on Sunday. So that's when it goes out. And, um, within, mm. and with any form of, whether it be podcast, um, video, newsletter, once you've set an expectation with your listeners or viewers, messing with that, it's difficult because you might lose some people, you might, they might, mm. yeah, there's an expectation you set with listeners. Mate, it's more than an expectation, Craig, it's a, it's a habit. Mm. Um, and, and you'll learn this as you're doing uh, tap out as you go forward. The more you do it at a, at a regular cadence, the more you habituate the audience to expect it. And that's actually quite powerful for a retention point of view. People end up expecting the newsletter or expecting your YouTube thing or accepting whatever, a blog post, at a certain moment, at a certain time. If you can discipline yourself to stick to that time, yeah. uh, then actually that can change their behavior. And once you've changed their behavior, uh, you've, you've kind of got them for a long time as a, as, a, as a consumer of the... There was one time, actually, where I actually sent it on Saturday rather than Sunday. Right. So out of 156 issues, there was one time that I sent it uh, one day before. And that was because I was, I was kind of hungover in Lisbon somewhere. Um, <laughs> and I was trying to, trying to do something on the phone with the thing. Because I thought, right, I'm a bit, you know, trying to fiddle with it. And I just triggered it without, you know... Uh, as an accident and I was mortified because I had set the expectation yeah, yeah. for myself that it should be on Sunday and I thought oh my goodness uh, the audience is gonna really hate me for this but the response was actually really interesting because I got a lot of messages saying hey Hong are you alright <laughs> <laughs> they were really concerned because they were they knew that was weird yeah. and they knew that was wrong 
um, on the, on the, but they weren't upset because they still got the content. Um, but they, 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 they were jolted a little bit out of their habits. But it reminded me that, wow, a lot of people had their habits had mm. formed because they were questioning whether it was the right day or not. There's a, a lot, lot of people saying, hey, is it Sunday? Um, and, you know, getting upset that they missed the Saturday because this newsletter came out. Got to get yeah. to work tomorrow. Reset all of our clocks by home time, it, not Greenwich Mean Time. Actually, <laughs> I think in a weird way, that's what it happened to certain people, right? Because it was so regular. And, and that taught me a big lesson in terms of Number one, to create a regular cadence is super important if you're trying to build audience. Yeah. So this is why 100% is going to go out no fail. No matter where I'm, I'm in the world, it's happening. And, and secondly, uh, second thing I learned is that it's kind of okay also to, to make a mistake because uh, people will forgive that. Yeah. But don't do too much of it. Um, don't try switch the timing around because mm. we're, we're already living in a world where uh, we are overwhelmed by change, mm. overwhelmed by information, uh, messages, everything of that type. And we actually want to just park some things and not have to think about it and get it delivered to us. We don't want to expend additional cognitive energy thinking, when is this podcast going to arrive or when is this blog mm. post going to be there? I want to know in advance, it's definitely happening this day. It doesn't yeah. matter what, what it is. And if, it, if you've locked it, uh, to the audience believes that, then as a content creator, you've got to deliver to it. Just changing tack a little bit. Right now, late 2019, mm -hmm. what is the biggest either trend or piece of technology or process within a recruitment function that you're seeing and excited about? I would say uh, the biggest trend in our industry, I think, is that the, the people we want to talk to most uh, are starting to retreat into, into gated communities. Right. So they, they are getting overwhelmed by volume of messages. If you've studied sort of the, uh, the, the trend graphs for email, for tweets, for DMs, for all that kind of stuff, everything is going northeast in terms of the amount of volume that's being mm. sent. Um, the impact on that is that it's literally driving candidates and, and hiring managers, whoever it is that you're trying to sell to, into gated communities where they feel safer from that noise. Uh, so I'm talking about, oh, you're in a pri private Slack channel, or you're in right. a WhatsApp group with your mates, or you're in a private Facebook group, or you subscribe to a podcast, or you subscribe to a YouTube channel or a newsletter. Yeah. Private channel, mm. where basically the user in our industry, the candidate, has decided to pay attention in this space, but that ipso facto means they're not paying attention in the public space, because yeah. they know it's just a, a, a wall of noise. Now, what's happening in recruitment is that we are getting noisier in response to the lack of response, right? So, oh, this person isn't responding to my first email. I've got to send him a second email, then right. a third one, then a fourth one, a fifth one. That's just adding more noise to, you fail to understand why he or she hasn't responded to the first email. It's because you're, you're making noise. Mm. So this retreat to the private gated communities really has a massive impact in how we do our recruitment strategy. Um, uh, what are we doing? Are we trying to just continually make more noise and stand up from the crowd, quote unquote? Or do we need to rethink why people are retreating away from this type of noise? Uh, and, and can we create a safe space where they, they, they want to uh, accept uh, information uh, mm. and, and, and uh, change the, the, the tenor of the communications that we're having? So on a wider level, that is happening in the recruitment space. And the, the better recruiters, I think, will figure that out. Uh, they can use tooling to help them with this, yep. uh, but tooling is not really the, 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 the problem or the solution in this case. Uh, it's simply the relationship 
that we have with the people we want to speak to. Um, we're, we're basically pounding too hard uh, on, on the door and scaring the life out of the candidates. They don't want to know. Yeah. So I suppose me metaphorically you're talking about gated communities, but let's look at that sort of in reality. As a recruiter, do you try to move into a gated community that exists or set up your own new estate to become a gated community? Yeah, I think they're not either or. I think both of them carry challenges. Um, you can enter a gated community, but be aware that typically you're outgroup in there. Uh, yep. Like for instance, oh, I've found a developer Slack channel. Great. You might get yourself in there, um, but if you start then behaving like a recruiter, very quickly you'll be exposed as someone who shouldn't be there and you'll be, you'll be bombed out. Gated communities are also policed. You know, yes, the, of course. The, 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 effective, the good ones are actually. Uh, the ones that end up getting ruined are the ones that aren't policed and you, know, you end up getting just the noise uh, yeah. coming in there. It is possible to do, but I think you need to invest a lot of time to win over the trust of the people in there. You've also got to adjust your behavior um, so that you, you're really aligned with the values uh, of, the, uh, of the group in there. So possible yeah. to do, definitely do do that, but obviously the primary thing you want to try and do is to create your own channel, create your own community, uh, which again, negatives of that, takes a bunch of time, you've got yeah. to become a community manager, you've got to do et cetera, all these types of things. But the, the return, if you're successful, is huge. Um, uh, you know, as you guys, for instance, start to build your channel, you'll find that the return is going to be massive because you know what? People are paying attention to what you say suddenly. Yeah. Uh, you don't need to trick people into responding to you suddenly. Uh, the, the, the sort of relationships that you can develop when people have willingly and consciously consented to receive your messaging mm. um, is totally transformed. Uh, and you're no longer a salesperson, uh, but you're actually a community organizer, which mm. is a highly elevated. Uh, role, um, and I think we'll learn this as 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 more and uh, as more of us kind of become a little bit more understanding of how of the anthropology of the online yeah. world. Is it, is um, it generational? Coming to that anthropology, you did that at university. I did, yeah. That's probably why I'm boring the audience right now. No, I don't think so at all. Economics, politics, and anthropology, and you end up in recruitment. Yeah. So, so anthropology. Um, was not a, a sort of a conscious uh, step into the world of being a recruitment agent. <laughs> um, uh, it, it was actually a shocking uh, uh, realization that I needed to abandon anthropology as an academic discipline to get uh, get a job and make some money. But in a strange way, it's looped around because a, a lot of the stuff I learned in anthropology, especially about uh, relationship building, community building, culture, all of these things are starting to become important topics in recruitment, uh, especially as the online world has really allowed new types of community and new types of cultures to evolve. And from a recruitment point of view, you need to be involved in that. You yeah. know, uh, you, we need to not only be involved, but maybe we've got a role in, in moderating, curating, managing, and massaging some of these communities so that uh, you know they work for. Uh, the wider group, but you know, also they're going to work for people that are in in, uh, in influential positions. There, it's been a highly reactive industry for almost forever, isn't it? Yeah, and it's starting to get smarter in certain pockets. Definitely, we're dri driving as opposed or opposed to reactive. Mm. Yeah, I think that's definitely true. I mean, um, and re reactive recruitment can still make you a lot of money. I mean, yeah. we, we often rail against how bad the industry is, but there's, a, there's, there's various incentives which keep those behaviors um, as they are. There's a reason why recruitment agents, which I was one, I'm sure you guys were one, yeah. uh, sort of recruitment agents as well, behaved in the way 
they were. We were not morally inferior people. Uh, we were just, our incentives were simply aligned to do, or to, to do this rather than that. So long as those um, incentives don't change, then the behavior is not gonna change. So um, I don't think we should uh, moralize about behaviors. We need to understand why those behaviors exist and then change those incentives if we don't like those behaviors. Yeah. In a lot of cases, the transactional type of recruitment does suit the client as well too, yep. doesn't it? And there's always a role for that. I mean, a lot of the things I'm talking about now are really is, uh, is strategic recruitment, yep. pipeline building, community building. But you know what? For a one-off job that you're never going to recruit again, you definitely don't want to do any of that. It would be a waste of your time. Um, you know, and there's certain, there's certain functions within a company where there is usually only one person doing it. You know, there's only ever going to be one CFO in the company. You know what? There's no point building a community of CFOs mm. um, unless you're a headhunter that focuses on CFOs. So yeah, a lot of the things I talk about are definitely focused on, you know what, if you have evergreen roles, persistent needs, and a certain type of person, yeah, it makes sense to do something more than just trying to, you know, reinvent the wheel every single time, because that's inefficient and it's a lot of work. So Todd Potters, we're just going to stop Hung there and continue to chat with him next week, as this did go on for quite some time over a morning coffee. So I'd like to have a big shout out to our sponsors, Smart Recruiters. Yes, Lauren. They are the modern talent acquisition suite for hiring success and have helped companies all over the world hire better talent faster. If you haven't checked them out yet, you still can do so by visiting smartrecruiters.com. So everybody, take the first step towards hiring success and don't forget to tell the lovely people at Smart Recruiters that we sent you. So that's a goodbye today from me, Craig. And a goodbye from Lauren. We'll see you next week. Bye. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to Tarpod. Please don't forget to subscribe and look out for upcoming podcasts. It's good that you're keeping in shape. I mean, I, I, I try to do my best, but when you're travelling, I'm putting on so much weight here. It's like ridiculous. Oh. Um, it's eating too much food. Like no exercise, <laughs> like oh my oh, good I, I, lord! You should have told me I would have dragged you to the I'm gym pound, this week. I, literally, <laughs> I can feel where. We're just, we're, the only way I measure it is like, is it easy to put my jeans on? Um, and <laughs> I measure it too. Increasingly hard. It's like oh, it's a bit tight, isn't it? Like, what the fuck? They shrink in the wardrobe.